Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their Golden Glow body set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow & Go facial set provides spa-level results at home. Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site-wide, go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM. Morning, Dorian. You're up early. It's uh, winter solstice. It is time to give a sacrifice. Well, maybe I should get a nap before this evening then. Ah, well, uh, I mean, we tried. I was up very early. Not that my god's better than your god or anything. Thank you, Shale. Doran, shut up, shut up. The officers in our battalions would exchange these. We have to fix it. I get this is important to you. What's Windsor Snow Slift? I, I assume that's why you're up all night. I... Kraloth would know what a sepulcher is. Yes, and so would Doran. But Justin... <laughs> but the, the audience, for the sake of the audience, really... Welcome back to Dice Shame, episode 113, Hang in the Balance. MVP this week goes to Gobby, who's catching up on our backlog and has just joined us on Discord. Thanks for hanging out with us, Gobby. If you want to connect with us on social media, you can find all the links at www.dicehamepodcast.com or, hell, email us at diceshame at gmail.com. Who emails anymore? <laughs> Looking for more horror podcasts? Rapture 518 is a psychological horror audio drama produced in Canada. 
Dr. Sarah Penn is a resident physician, but she has not been to work in a few weeks. Part of this is because of an imperative need to move from a rental house. Part of this is not yet known, and part of this is because of the unpredictable outbreak that's turned mild-mannered pedestrians into flesh-eating sociopaths. What? While the show is currently on a mini-break, you can check out new episodes of its mini-show within a show called Found Recordings that feature me. That's right. Go check out Rapture518 at redcircle.com slash shows slash Rapture518. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, check it out. All right, shall we do this? Let's do it. Ow! So every night when we put Henry down to sleep, he has this thing where he wants us all to tell each other jokes. Oh. He always wants to go first. I mean, he's very much like, I'll go first. Well, we say, who who do you want to tell the joke of the night? And because he always says, nice. everyone. Yeah. And Henry's four years old. The shit he comes up with oh, as a joke. Very... What did he say tonight? It was like, oh, tonight... why did the lamp cross the sky? Yeah. Because they thought it was a human. Oh, no, tonight, tonight's joke was, why did the school bus have skeleton arms? Why? And it was like, because the arms were white. Like, it's never yeah. anything even resembling. Honestly, one. he can compete, though. For some reason, this last week or two in our operations meeting at work there they've started them off with like somebody giving out a really bad joke i guess one of the supervisors got like a lame joke book but then they'll give half the riddle and forget what the rest of it was by the end of it and so oh the last God. 10 minutes of the meeting is everybody trying to remember like what's the riddle that we asked at the start of this thing to figure <laughs> out and like, can this be over now you know it sounds like i'm running your meetings <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's an alex joke slash story exactly. slash riddle that starts off strong uh, but great. we all get to go through it at least. It's nice because then when I do a joke or Joe and I do a joke, at least we try. They're you good know? by comparison. Oh, we'll they're put great it that by comparison. Way. It's like, oh, oh you yeah. know, what's a ghost's favorite fruit? Um, a, a booberry. And, right. and, you know, sometimes oh, we're taking a while to think. Uh, but we're thinking of them. That joke can be reworked for an 18 plus crowd. It can. Boobsberry. <laughs> Is that it? Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. Boob. Oh, yeah. boob, boob, berry. Yeah, I like it. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's That's more good. like PG thirteen. Yeah, thank but... you, thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. It's like it's like That's rated maybe even R. PG. <laughs> <laughs> the best reaction to any joke is that's funny. Like with someone actually saying <laughs> yeah. that's funny. No. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah. That's so funny. That's funny. That's <laughs> <laughs> so my fake laugh comes out. So I want to hear your best on the spot jokes right now. That you have invented. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, Anyone who has one can go. Oh. But you must invent it. Okay. Okay, right on the spot. Yeah. Why do calendars have 12 months? Why? Why? Because 13 would just be unlucky. Uh, not bad. Get it? Like on the spot. That's That's that, that a that's bad good. improv joke. Yeah. I like it. Anyone else? Why do you put ice in your alcoholic drinks? <laughs> Why? So you have someone to waste away with. Oh, oh that's not is? one you made up. That's not one you that's made up. That's very There's no way. <laughs> Literally on the spot. Well, that was, I am impressed. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. I'm watching my ice melt. <laughs> Alex, can you make one up for me too? Yeah, that yeah. was yeah, a good I, one. I got to give that to you. Why? Do you drink beer out of a can? Why? 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 Because.
highest you can. <laughs> <laughs> see, with Alex, with Alex, I it's see all the Alex's use it's, now. Yeah. I'm laughing at this setup. I don't care about the punchline anymore. <laughs> there was, uh, there was you also can an enthusiasm. Watch him discover well, the punchline. Because I think we've established Alex is great at the setup. So when, when the punchline is irrelevant, Alex is the king of building up to nothing. And that's sort of yes. the essence of a joke. It's, so yeah. it's an enviable skill. It is. An enviable skill. Do you have skill. one, Harlan? Is this a Guthrie trait? Uh, when you're put on the spot, you never can. But it's like... Yeah, no. Well, actually, that's not true. Because you were you just, just put on the spot. And you pulled out three. What is the worst joke that's ever been told? What? what? This one. <laughs> actually, yeah, it fills up pretty I clever. I was trying to think of like a D&D related one. Oh, that's ooh, good. I like that. Yeah, okay. like... like, okay. like uh, What's a beholder's favorite game? Uh, what? I spy. Yeah, that's, good. that's good. Um, what do you call a a D and D marathon? A fay run. Uh, oh no, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Not bad. I laughed, yeah. and it wasn't entirely yeah. fake. Yeah. <laughs> why did the bard miss the battle? Oh, why? 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 Because he had no initiative. Oh. oh, where Shots do fired. where do attitude ridden drow come from? Uh, why, where the where? undersnark? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. That's good. I like that one. Yeah, me too. What was the sorcerer's favorite fish? What? <laughs> what? Eldritch bass. <laughs> that's good I like that except that's a warlock oh, fuck uh, oh, what, what do you fuck. call <laughs> yeah that's okay it's good it's good uh, that's the real punchline <laughs> what is a ranger's favorite bourbon oh what I don't know hunter's mark uh, <laughs> right, oh. right? That's very clever yeah. very yeah. clever that's good I like the ones about the different classes yeah that's what I was, I'm I was trying to lean into that one, now. actually yeah why is a rogue's best subject math? Why? Why? Because they're so good at cunning fractions. Ah, <laughs> cunning ah. actions. That's good. Eh? Very good, eh? actually. I like it. Eh? I thought you were going to say, because they have to add up all of those D6s. That's funny. Why do dwarves constantly feel like they don't... <laughs> Have the same. Wait, hold on. Let me think about oh the word. Boy. That's concise. Concise. Now we're now we're editing as you go. It's okay. It's good. Workshopping it. What does a fighter roll when he doesn't feel up to snuff? What inferiority dice? <laughs> That's good. I, I, know, I was like, you got there. Superiority. Mm-hmm. The setup mm-hmm. could be better, but I think the punchline is solid. I need a better okay, setup. I have a good punchline, but. I'm going for the setup. What is the... Oh, shit. (laughs) I think I'm going to have to write this down. Hold on. Okay, I got it. I got it. Where is the best place to go on holiday year-round? Where's that? Where? Where? Never winter. That's a good one. That's That's a good good one. one. I mean, Jack would disagree. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be water deep every time. Which class makes the best drinks? Which? The barbarian. Why? 
Uh, oh, the oh, barbarian. Ah, the bar. That you have to say it like this. The barbarian. I yeah, mean, and raise good. your eyebrows up like four inches. <laughs> Look how smart I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, why does everyone hate playing the druid class? Why? They could be a real monster to play. Uh-huh. To play. That's good. What is the tooth golem's favorite activity? <laughs> what the hell is a tooth golem? Brushing its teeth. <laughs> oh my god! I think that's the lowest. That's I think we hit the bottom monster. on this thing. Yeah. Good to know Next there's a bottom monster here. You're fighting is a tooth golem. Called Jesus it. Christ. Uh, oh, oh. Sorry. Actually, I, I'll I'll put it a better way. What weapon? You're gonna tell the same dumb joke yeah. again. What's the okay, best good. weapon to face a tooth golem? What? A toothbrush. Good one. Get it? What That's, kills a tooth golem faster than any adventurer? Gingivitis. Oh, no, that would be a go. dumb no, golem. What do you get for killing yeah. a tooth golem? A nice plaque. Oh, oh, oh. No, that's a joke. We waited a long time for it, but Rob yeah. came through in the end. Yeah, he did. That, he did. Did you look that one up? Nope. Okay. No. <laughs> I've, been, I've been working on one that ends in gnome word bound, but I couldn't get there. Nope. Close tab, close tab, close tab. <laughs> where would you ever find these jokes? Alex, where, yeah. where in the world would someone He's look this up? He's furiously Googling jokes about a tooth golem. <laughs> <laughs> Toothgolemfunnies.net.org. Just out of curiosity, jokes about a tooth <laughs> golem. What comes Let's up? just see. 65 tooth jokes that'll make you laugh out no. loud. I guess you could just append golem to the end of them and it would work out well. <laughs> <laughs> for, just for curiosity's sake, Rob, go ahead and do that for us. What do you call a tooth golem in a glass? A one molar solution. Oh, fuck, it was. That's not good. Why did the mind flare get arrested? Because he had illicit drugs. He got it. Oh. Ah, I, I have Googled illicit to try to figure out how illicit can work. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I can screen share right now. I can do it. Yeah, me too. Look, hold on. I'm going to do it. It's so good. I was like, what? Oh, how do I so use funny. illicit as a, as a lithid? That's hilarious. <laughs> I got it right here. I was like, the drugs. Wow, my God. Yeah, okay. We got to the wow, same place. that's hilarious. You and I. <sighs> Which means we're at the bottom of the world. All right, Save us. guys. Save us. Joking around. Should we play some D and D? Yes. yes. Yeah. Finally, get us stop right. this dad bad dad jokes. Jorking around like a orc. <laughs> what the fuck? Orking around. <laughs> it's one of those jokes better written than said. <laughs> Jorking around at the bottom of the tower. Tower. Bjork. Bjorking um, around. That's a good one. What is an orc's favorite artist? Bjork. <laughs> Did he read just encourages them to be themselves. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are aboard the airship, and I believe it's a special day today. It's the twentieth of Nightall, the winter solstice. Oh. And maybe you wake up bright and early, remembering that this is a special holiday. I don't think Red would know it's a special holiday, so he is on the arms of an angel. He's in the sleep-in <laughs> camp. I feel like Doran would have woken up early. Early mm-hmm. as in real early. Early enough to see the stars and watch the sunrise cool. on the winter solstice. And he's standing on the deck. He's bundled up. And he's looking out east 
or west? Which way does the sun rise? <laughs> east. <laughs> He's standing on the east side of the deck, bundled up, the wind blowing, and he's looking out, remembering all of his past and doing a good, hard, deep look into life and his soul. Adorable. Little gnarled Adorable. hands. <laughs> I was Shut just up. about to say, Sorry. this is the pun episode. <laughs> Adorable. His little gnarled hands holding the edge of the railing of the deck, just looking up at the stars. You're traveling over forest and plain. There are a couple rivers that occasionally stripe the land underneath you and a few civilizations on the horizon sometimes lighting up the sky or belching smoke, but usually it feels very solitary. There could be flocks of birds, but largely you are alone in the sky. Jack's stayed up late. He's, he's still sort of down sitting by a fire frantically doing like his best calligraphy on on these scrolls to to get ready for the celebration this this evening he's, you're sending out christmas cards I, I mean he's he's making he's making fancy presents for the for the fellows on board but they're they're sketched onto these like lovely pieces of parchment paper the best he's got in stock and getting ready for this season that's very sweet Oddly so. It could be awkward what to be giving presents to, to someone who doesn't realize that they should be giving you presents back. Yeah, Jack, is this like how a, dare a, you? No, no, is this I'm a standard kidding. custom or is this something that's pretty specific to like Waterdeep or even Jack's family? I mean, the winter solstice is celebrated differently everywhere all over the place. One of the Water Davian traditions, you know, the great traditions as I like to call them, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is this celebration of Simril, which is, you know, drinking and laughing and trying to stay up all night and find your lucky star. And so Jack's been up all night doing his best approximation to drop star charts that would just show these folks, you could consider this your lucky star. And if you see it tonight, you know, maybe good fortunes in your future. And so he's he's trying to get all these things ready just so nobody's lost when we're sitting out there looking at the stars tonight. Everybody's sort of at least got something to start with. It's Oh, that's nice. So you're still up from the night before. Yeah. Doran goes back in. Oh, I didn't realize you're at bedtime, Doran? Well, no, I was up early and... Uh... Oh, and Jack just sort of like suddenly tunes into himself and realizes he's been up all night, his keen sense of time yeah. connecting it. Oh, I, I oh, maybe I should get a nap before this evening then. Well, yeah, you were reading. I didn't, I didn't want to disturb you, but... Uh... You know, I was up there looking at the stars and thinking about life and family and, you know, it's winter solstice. I, I, I assume that's why you're up all night. I, I think I heard about you elves staying up all night. Yeah. I think it's something <laughs> you guys like to do. They do say that about elves. Just a half elf, though. So every once in a while, I catch a quick wink. Yeah. Yeah. Is winter solstice a big deal in the, in the Great Peak Mountains where you're from? Oh, yeah. I mean, huh. You know, us dwarves, we're constantly looking for any reason to get drunk and have a party. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be honest here. But it brings back memories of family and friends and companions and, Mm -hmm. you know, friends and people I've lost and, yeah. Companions. (laughs) Companions and friends and companions. (laughs) Yeah, I... But, uh, you know, I, I... It's especially so on the winter solstice, you know, it's... The longest night of the year, you know? You know, it's it's the only day I ever wish for cloudy weather, because if you can find your lucky star through that overcast sky, it's a blessing from Timora. Is it? That's what they say. Well, I did see a couple 
bright stars. I'm not sure if they were my lucky star, though. Oh, don't worry. I'll, I got a chart. I can help you. Look, and, and like Jack takes a minute to like spread out the paper and find the one that's Doran's and sort of chart. Here's what the sky would have looked like at this time in your life. And one of these is your lucky star. So you just get to decide. And then it it's a whole. And I, I think halfway through explaining to Doran something, you know, the, the star charts really excitingly, Jack realizes his, his words are starting to slur a little bit. And is like, I'm going to have a nap. Yeah, uh, you, you're you fading pretty quickly there. <laughs> happy happy winter solstice, Doran. And uh, Jack sort of gives your, your shoulder a squeeze and heads towards the hammocks somewhere in the, the next rung over. That's nice. The shifts are starting to change aboard the airship. So half of the cultists are heading down uh, below decks to go to sleep and the other half of them are being roused and heading to their posts by the furnace or by the bellows. I think Red walks out of his room. Morning, Doran. You're up early. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, winter solstice, so I was up very early. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I love when you do things. Oh, is that today? And Kraloth leans out, and uh, he's wearing a little nightcap. Oh, hi, Kraloth. And says, oh, I... I <laughs> Completely forgot, my goodness, time just flies. Uh, give me one minute. And he goes back into his room. Sure. Oh, is this supposed to be a thing? What What the hell's Winston Winston Snow? What do you, what'd you call it? <laughs> winter Solstice. What, what's win, win, what's Windsor Snow Slist? Well, Winter Solstice is the longest night of the year. Yeah, that's one. Uh, you, you tabaxi didn't... Did I sleep through it? No. And as he's saying this, he's kind of putting a pot of water onto the hot part of the stove to make some tea. Mm. I guess we're far enough north. The days might be really, really short here. Yeah, mm. it's probably like, mm. you know, seven thirty, eight in the morning already. Mm. Well, uh, what, uh, what is Kraloth getting? Should I do something? Is there something important? Should I get him a snow snist or whatever you called it? <laughs> and Doran just kind of looks at Red and he says, uh, nope, nope. All right. It's really just another day. I mean, you know, oh. some cultures uh, celebrate it with a feast or a uh, get-together. Uh, I could tell you that if I was home right now, there would be a celebrating and, and all festivities into the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> Man, that would be... Are you missing home, buddy? Oh, yes and no. You know, there's no reason we couldn't swing by the Grey Peak Mountains at some point. Maybe say hi. No, 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 no. Well, I just a... mean, look, you and I have grown with friends now. I would call you my brother. I'd love to meet the other little of course, Doran of course. friends and family and, and stuff, you know. Maybe, maybe it's time. I mean, I don't have anybody. Jack, you know, I know his mother is somewhere near her. It might be nice to meet her at some point, too, but... I would love to get to know everybody. And Doran puts his hand on your shoulder, and he just looks at you in the eye, and he says, no. Uh, okay. No. And it's at that point that Kraloth's door opens again. He walks into the room, and he's carrying a little satchel, a bundle of fabric. And he says, okay, everybody gather around. This day is very important. And he's kind of all business, but also kind of serious. There's a, there's a uh, gravitas to him. Uh, I'll, I'll go get Jack. Jack's head just gets his hammock, and then Kralik calls yeah. everybody. I, I feel like Red knocks on the door and like opens it as he's knocking to get Jack, yeah. and yeah. sees Jack mid getting in the yeah. hammock. And Jack's just putting his sleep mask. Yeah, down absolutely. Over his his sleep apnea machine. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a medieval yeah. sleep apnea machine. Oh, yeah. It's an air <laughs> elemental. 
it's, it's all good. I got I got Kieran to run interference. I think you open the door and you get pounced by the most adorable golden retriever in the world. <laughs> to, oh, sorry, Jack. I, I just I just I forgot. Sorry. And I nervously look back to the others. I think he was in his nighty. I didn't mean to. Sorry, Jack. I mean, sorry, Jack. It's okay. It's Winston Snowflist. It's it's the one. Doran could easily have jumped in here and said, you know, Jack just went to bed, but he doesn't. Mm. Sure, Doran doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kraloth, you call everyone together. The sun is just starting to rise. Once everyone's gathered around, Kraloth kneels down in front of a barrel and begins to unfurl this sheet. And he says, the solstice is a very important time where I come from. Uh, We treat it as a time to not necessarily celebrate, as I've seen other cultures do, but to give thanks for being carried through to this moment. Hmm. Uh, We all know that there could have been many times where our lives could have ended. And for whatever reason, Kalimvor has deemed that we were deserving of staying on this side of the balance. And so, it is time to give a sacrifice, a gift of thanks to to Kalimvor for keeping us on this side. Hell yeah, friend. I'm totally in for that. Uh, Let me go check something. And Red runs back to his room. Doran kind of speaks up and says, well, you know, I'd be happy to sacrifice something myself. And he retrieves his sharp dagger from the back of his belt and and slices his hand open. Oh. And then grabs the end of his beard and slices a chunk. You say the last six to eight inches of his beard off in his grasp and... You watch him as he ties this sort of bloody piece of beard into a knot. And as he places it onto your towel that you've got spread out, it it's actually like a very ornately done. Like it's not, it doesn't even look sloppy in the sense. Like it's, mm. it's a tightly bound piece of bloody dwarf beard hair. Mm-hmm. And he places it down and he says, where I come from. The officers in our battalions would exchange these as a, as almost a form of payment. If I said to uh, my officer over there that I, I owed him one, I, this is what we'd give them. And he sets it down. Hmm. Thank you, Doran. I think Red comes back at this point, sort of jogging out of his room. He's like, ah, 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 uh, yeah. And Red sort of extends over top of the satchel uh, shale. And he's like holding Shale at arm's length oh, uh, as if he's going to put him on the cloth. No, no, no. That, that's that's a bit <laughs> much of a sacrifice, I would say. I, and you see in Shale's little claw, he's holding the piece of cloud that Red took. Aww. And uh, like a little infant would, he sort of lets go of it. And Red's like, okay, drop it, drop it. And Shale puts the piece of cloud that he's carried with him since we first met the cloud giant forever ago and then brings back shale into his arms and he's like mm. shale wanted to be involved and I, I didn't want him to sacrifice anything of his own mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is that is highly appropriate thank you red thank you shale <laughs> and thank you doran jack reaches into his pouch and pulls out a ring of keys it's the uh, ring of keys that he got from the bandit captain this moment when he was alone and and closest to death one of the moments he was closest to death ah 
uh, in this last year, and he puts the the ring of keys down, and doesn't say much, but cer- certainly contemplates being able to make the sacrifice with the friends who saved his life in a place that's real important to him, the the Copper Cup, where his partner Torin lives. So he uh, sort of looks real respectfully at the offerings in front of him and steps away. Kraloth nods respectfully, and then he reaches forward and grabs a bundle of cloth that was in this sheet and he unfolds it and it's an apron. And he says, you've all done a wonderful job expressing why these items are significant to you. And now I'll do the same. This apron I've had for a very, very long time. Uh, Ever since I went on my first expedition, actually. And as you can see, And he shows just the front of it is covered in stains. It might be time for a new one. But this apron has helped me create some of the best food I've ever made and helped me fill the bellies of those that I love. So this is important to me. And I thank you, Apron, for protecting my good clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And he places it on this sheet. I've literally never seen him wear that. <laughs> just, I'm just joking. Uh, all right. Well, we have all of the the sacrifices. Uh, was there anything else? What do we do now? We give them all back or we switch? Uh, do I get Doran's blood beard? <laughs> no, no. It uh, doesn't work exactly like that. Uh, and Kraloth begins to fold up the sheet. And then he ties a knot around the top. And says, you can follow me if you like. As far as the giving goes, you've done your part and you've made your sacrifice. And hopefully Kalimvor will bless us with another season of life on this side of the balance. So Kraloth takes this bundle of items and he begins to move towards the upper decks. Doran hurriedly pours a cup of tea and follows up. (laughs) I need my tea. Red puts Shale back in the room and follows as well. Did you make enough tea for everybody, Doran? I did, actually. There's a whole pot right here, and he's carrying it with oh. him in the little cup. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> this morning, I think Red hangs back with Doran, and he says, Yeah, bring a cup if you want some tea. And he's carrying it up the stairs. Hey, look, Doran, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, by the way, about asking about your family. I, I Sorry if I overstepped. You know me. I always seem to step in it. Doran just looks at Red and continues... It's fine. You didn't say anything bad. You're fine. <laughs> I, I just I just wanted to say I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, you know... I, well, I, 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 I you, you seem to get really, you know, hard nosed about it. You, you, you shut me down hard, and I just wanted to make sure there was no hard feelings. Uh, yeah, no, no, of course not. <laughs> so you head up onto the deck, and the wind whips your cloaks. It's a cold morning, and the sun is just dawning, lighting the sky in reds and oranges. Mm, it's beautiful. It really is. I guess it really is a special day, Jack. It seems like the the sky is is welcoming us. You know, it almost looks like the sky is on fire. So Kraloth takes this bag and he goes to the railing and he holds it over. And a thought occurs to him. And he turns back to Jack and he says, Hey Jack, um, tradition would have it that we would burn these items. Hmm. We do have a fire elemental downstairs that we could use to do this, but I'm wondering if we could do this in a way that uh, maybe is less risky and maybe even more entertaining. Are you going to skeet shoot these? <laughs> I'd love to participate however Kelimvor thinks would be best, Kraloth. 
hey, me too, Bunny. If there's a way that yeah. you know he can fire up my arrow and I can shoot it as you throw it overboard, include me in any way you need. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, or you, you, I could chop it in half. You know, we could do that too. Yeah, well, <laughs> then we have two <laughs> parts to throw. <laughs> I, I do like this idea of a flaming arrow. Jack, would you be able to set flame to Red's arrow? Why don't we do this? If you toss it on three, I'll light Doran's crossbow bolt and Red's arrow on fire at the same time, and the flaming bolts and arrows can ah. can hit the offering if they're good enough shots. Excellent. Oh, that's an even better idea. If they're good enough shots, you fuck. All right. Doran runs downstairs and retrieves his crossbow. All right. Red always has his bow on his back, and he pulls it out as he's sort of like... For the first time, feels slightly competitive with Doran. Mm-hmm, like, oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, for the okay. very first time. <laughs> two, two people in the party shoot arrows now all of a sudden. Oh. Kraloth, what are you going to throw first? Kraloth has the whole bundle of all of the sacrifices in his hands. Mm. And he makes to throw it, doing this swinging gesture. And with a bit of a smirk on his face, he says, on the count of three, everyone, one... Two, three, and he launches it into the sky over the deck. And Jack snaps his fingers just as Doran and Red fired so that their ammunition lights a flame. Roll a hit, boys. Uh, oh, that's a three. Oh, no. And mine's also a three. Oh, no. The arrows fly wide. <laughs> and the bag of your offerings... Falls out of sight. I feel like Red's just frozen. He's like, I hit it, right? I hit it. I feel like I hit it, right? I I feel like I hit it, too. You definitely didn't hit it. Red runs to the edge and, like, hops up on the railing, holding on to one of the ropes that attach to the mast, and he, like, leans over a little bit. As you look down over the side, you see that you are passing over a large mountain range. Now that it's bright outside, you can see that in the in the night you've come quite a ways. You see that the parcel of all of your offerings has fallen. It's almost too small to see now. We like all rush to the edge. Doran, you recognize this mountain range. This is none other than the home of Mithril Hall. Oh. You know that Mithril Hall is a almost mythic dwarven stronghold. You've never been, but you've received many military missives from this stronghold. Hold on a second, Doran says as he leans over the side. Even though you've never been here, you've seen it depicted so many times in paintings, on parchment, in frescoes, on walls, in temples, all of these different mountain ranges in Faerun that even though you've never been here before, you know it immediately. Ah, well, uh, I mean, we tried. Shall we go have breakfast? And Red hops down and starts walking towards Uh, the lower deck. Wait, no, wait. What? You missed it. You missed it. Yeah, it happens. I mean, I'm not perfect shot. I try, but, you know, I mean, most of the time. I I swear I hit it still. <laughs> this was a bad idea. I got carried up in the moment, and, uh, oh, dear. This isn't good. Kraloth. Huh? We, we could go down for it. The, the, that's Mithril Hall down there. Don't you understand? We're, look down there. 
look and he grabs like the back of jack's jacket and he forces him to the edge and all almost pushes him not quite over but Dorian, Dorian, to look Dorian, Dorian, i get this is important to you but there's a there's a another important thing happening too we're not going far tell me tell me you don't recognize that it looks like mithril hall what the hell's Mithra Hall? I, I don't understand what's going on. Who cares? We we threw the things over. We threw things over. What's the problem? Red, this is important. If we do not burn this offering, it is a bad omen. We have to take care of this. We have to go down. We are not going to Mithril Hall. I made a horrible, horrible mistake doing it this way. But we have to fix it before Kelimvor realizes what we've done. Otherwise, we will be on the other side of the balance, and I do not want any of us to be there. Do you understand? Buddy, okay, of course. We've, we've got a whole day. I wouldn't say anything otherwise. We've got and we've got a, a powerful suite of, of magical instruments at our hand. Uh, I'll go tell him to, to lower the ship right now. We'll go find it. We're not far. It, it couldn't have gone far. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, and uh, I'm 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 sorry for raising my voice. You know, you know I don't like to do this, but this is of of vital importance to our spiritual well being, and if I would like to take care of it as soon as we possibly can. Sure, bud. Uh, of course. Like, look, you know I'm with you every step of the way. No problem. Thank you, Red. Doran's like running back and forth. He's he's unsure where where to put his attention on things. All right, Doran, just no, 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 we 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 can get the package. And Doran, shut up, shut up. Listen, Kralot's obviously having a moment right now. Just put that on the back burner. If we get down there and everything goes fine, then yeah, sure, maybe we can visit me through a hole. But you need to take it down. Look, I just told you I wanted to see your dwarven roots. No, but you don't understand. Well, obviously, I don't. I know where the package is. The, it has fallen onto these mountains. These mountains are like a second home to me. We will find the package. Okay, well, I'm perfect. not concerned about it. We, we will do that. Well, and do then, me a favor. Take it down a couple hundred notches and, and tell Kraloth that we're going to find it, but in a much calmer, more placid tone. Jesus, Jack. And I turn to Jack. <laughs> what the fuck's going on? I feel like we've lost the plot all of a sudden. <laughs> Sometimes there's quests that take you a little bit to the side, but you've just got to trust that it's part of our path. This is important to Kraloth. It's a it's a big day spiritually for a lot of people. Let's let's help him complete this quest. All right, I'll help you turn off the boat, and I follow Jack. Doran looks out over the side, and then he turns back to Kraloth, and he says, "You know what, buddy? I'm sorry that we missed it, but you couldn't have dropped your package on a on a better place. I mean, it's it's Mithril Hall." We're, we're going to find your package. There's no doubt in my mind. I appreciate your optimism. If you don't mind, I'm going to go below decks. And you see Kraloth slide his ring off his finger Ooh. and absentmindedly tuck it into his pocket as he makes his way below decks. Interesting. Interesting. So the airship descends from the sky and... The ladders unroll and you descend onto the snowy mountainside of the Frost Hills. All right, look, this is easy. Doran, you know this place like the back of your hand. You said you know where these would be. Worst case scenario, we can always locate object. We know a number of the things in that bag. Look, this is fine, everyone. Let's just take a few minutes, compose ourselves. Okay. And, uh... Go about this with level heads. Remember, this is still area touched by the Shadowfell. We we don't know exactly what we're getting into. 
I think you've got a good idea, Red. The uh, locate object spell. I didn't prepare it personally myself today, but we do have the Rod of the Vonandod. I'm still attuned to it, actually. By chance, did anyone put anything adamantine in there? No. No. All right, then. So the airship ascends and leaves you alone, takes off, and soon is gone over the horizon. There you are, standing in the crisp snow. It's on quite a slope. You are on a legit mountainside. There's dotting of evergreen trees here and there, and an eagle soars above you. All right, well, let's locate uh, Doran's beard hair. That should be easy enough to find. We have some of it here anyway. How far is the distance? The the rod's range, because there's nothing adamantine in there, will be a thousand feet. Let's let's give it a shot just to see how close we got them to land. And uh, Jack grabs the rod of the Von and Dodd and sort of stands it, tuning fork side down, because it's this giant-sized, 100-pound metal tuning fork. And he uh, mm-hmm. channels a little bit of magic into it and really pings and rumbles. And he gets this, like, sense of feedback from the ground around him, looking for Dorn's bloody beard hairs. <laughs> You do get a ping, Jack. I've got something. Oh, okay, all right. How do we tell where it is? What am I feeling, Joe? It's actually fairly close by. Oh, nice. You ascertain the direction and the approximate distance, and you lead the party. And you're traveling kind of laterally along this steep slope. And then you come to a ravine. And down this ravine you see a number of stone sepulchers. Oh. Uh, Some stone sepulchers, guys. Uh, Maybe let's take it a little chill here. And Red sort of slows down to just a trot. Kraloth would know what a sepulcher is. Yes, and so would Doran. But Justin... (laughs) But but the audience, for the sake of the audience, really. I mean, Doran absolutely would, and so would Kraloth, because these are dwarven graves. Oh, so does Alex and Justin. But I mean, the audience, please. Crypts and the like. (laughs) Dwarven architecture. Right. Does it ring familiar to the the other set of dwarven graves we were in with uh, where we found the axe? Similar. It's a different era. Mm. So these graves are far fresher, although weathered by wind and rain. The architecture is more modern. Uh, let's just all take it easy here. Mm. I, I, I'm not sure what kind of bad omen your god had in store for us, Kraloth, but uh, I'm starting to think you might be right, Red says as he scans these bizarre-looking stone edifices. Jack's almost giddy tr- getting to contrast old dwarven grave architecture to new dwarven grave architecture. <laughs> and so it's like almost... This happened, yes. at, this happened as, the, as the sun was rising. Maybe it's a sign from Lathander that led us here. He's very quietly thinking to himself, not that my god's better than your god or anything, but... As, <laughs> Jesus Christ. As you descend down into this ravine, there's a flock of crows that is gathered here atop these sepulchers. And as you make your way towards the graveyard, they take flight, cawing. (sighs) Okay, how close are we, Jack? Jack reaches for the rod of the Von and Dodd and sets it up again on the ground and and uses another charge to ping the location of this device just to sort of zero in one time a little closer. You assess that... The beard hair that's come from Doran Ironfist is located about 
20 feet to your northwest. It's right over there, Red, right? Just to your left. All right. Red's drawn his bow at this point, and he's sort of knocked an arrow, and he's holding it down towards the ground, ready, as he moves slowly in that direction. You round the corner of a taller grave and come face to face with a tombstone atop which a crow sits unafraid. It's just staring at you, and it caws. I don't see the bag, Jack. The rod's saying it's, it's right. You must be missing something. The crow gazes at you for another minute, its jewel-bright eyes flashing, and then it takes flight. Something seems off here. The air is still. It shouldn't be like this, Red says, nervously looking around. Does Doran recognize these sepulchers? Great question, Doran. As you approach this grave, you recognize the name on the tomb. Orniet Gravelbreaker. A gravel breaker. I knew one of them. Yes, you did. This was someone who you knew well. You said that you gave hanks of your dwarven beard hair to your brothers at arms. Yeah. Long ago, you fought alongside someone by this name. This is... This is... I didn't even... I didn't even know that... What, what, what's wrong, Doran? What, what's, what are you talking about? I battled alongside Orniet Gravelbreaker. He's buried here. Remember, you, you, know, the, you know the piece of, of hair and blood and, that we're trying to burn and find? Well, I've got a piece of Orniet's, you know, at, 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 at home. You must have meant a lot for him to be buried with it. Well, we were... Very close companions. You don't normally become that close with with your comrades, but he was like a brother to me. I didn't even know that he died, let alone that I realized that he was buried here. I can't believe it. That the odds uh, and Red sort of just looks almost confused at Kraloth. Kraloth has an unreadable expression, just completely blank. Behind you, Kraloth, the gray skies grow more overcast. Dark clouds gather on the horizon. You hear the rumble of thunder. Okay, um, we have to keep moving. I'm sorry, Doran. Um, there will be time to mourn your friend. Well, hold on, Kraloth. And I walk over to Kraloth in a hushed tone. Look, you toss that bag off and out of all of the places in Faerun that we pinged an item in that bag, we were led here. Surely you must at least think there's a possibility that Kalimvor wanted us to be here. Think about it. And Redzer looks longingly back at Doran. His bloodied hand sitting on top of the grave, allowing his blood to touch the tombstone. Surely your captain must be weighing in on this? What, what does he think? And Red sort of looks off to one side, blankly expecting Kraloth to look there in a moment. The captain knows that this is of utmost importance that we do find this Kraloth. and burn it. Doran needs us. As you turn back, Doran is mumbling under his breath. And you can sort of hear him say, Oh, what happened to you, Ornian? You were... 
You were my best friend. I wish I had seen you in your last days, but look, I've got new friends here. And he shakes his head and he and he says loud enough for everybody to hear now. And he almost says it towards the companions and not towards the tomb. And he says, no, no, I'm lying. I, I knew that he died because I had a hand in his death. When we were in Jalanthar, that damn chaos hammer, he, he blackmailed me. I've been fearing telling you this, but maybe this is fate that we've landed here at this very moment. We were, we were running from orcs and yeah, they, they had us on the, on the go, but it was my call and it was my reason that Danlin's peak split. It was my call and it, and it fell on my companions, killing everybody, all of them. (laughs) You know, it's, it's sad. It's embarrassing. And he turns back to the gravestone. He says, you were my brother, and I failed you. I failed all of you. But I'm not going to do that with these guys. I remember you all. Jofrin, Gredrumi, Drezjok, Redress, Burfrin, Gordrick, Davrith, Grunmok, Sidurin, Krognik, and you. I'm not, I'm not ever going to forget you. And... And Doran looks as though he's about to say something else, but he stops himself. Look, let's find this package. He kind of hangs his head low and he starts to walk down the ravine. I think Red 2 the whole time is just looking down at his feet. Kraloth, a bit taken aback by this whole story, watches Doran walk away. And there's surprise on his face and new depths of understanding as to who this companion is. And after a brief moment of introspection, Kraloth shoulders the rod of the Vanadod and follows closely in Doran's footsteps. Doran, inspiration. Ah, yeah. Thank you very hey. much. Thank you very much. Ooh. Congratulations. I feel like as Red looks up again towards Jack, he says, uh, he did mention blackmail, Right. We'll have time on the rest of the flight to do a bit of a, a war council. I think this is certainly something we're going to have to consider. Um, your your gut feel about Chaos Hammer sounds like it might have been a pretty good one. Yeah, I hate when my gut's right. Better than the feeling when you eat those berries, I guess. <laughs> hey, did you want some, by the way? And Red grabs some from his pack as, as no, thanks. he and they... Jack walk out of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> With the use of the rod of the Von and Dodd... After a couple more attempts, you manage to get a second ping further on down the mountainside. And after clambering down a gravelly slope, maybe someone gets a bloody knee, you find the package wedged between two slabs of rock, almost like being presented to you. Oh. Oh, praise the balance. And thunder rumbles in the distance, almost in answer to you. Kraloth takes a couple of eager steps forward and stops at the sound of thunder. Kraloth cocks his head and begins to stalk towards the package. 
Kraloth, as you reach for the package, you are interrupted by a voice from the trees. Hold there! And out from the copse of trees troops a small battalion of dwarves, clad in armor, carrying pole arms. What brings you to the Frost Pass? We came to pick up a package that is ours, and we have to do away with. The patrol of dwarves is continuing to advance on your party slowly, curious about your intentions. Certainly you wouldn't mind us just taking a quick look at it to verify its contents before... Do not touch the package. Excuse me? I think Red knocks an arrow and, like, aims it as well in support of Kraloth. You are getting between a man and his god. Jack... If they try to take the bag, be ready. Understood. I feel like in full view of everything, Doran sees you knock an arrow and grabs your hand and tries to pull it down so you're not aiming an arrow at them. Yeah, Red sort of lowers his bow, sort of conflicted between his friend Kraloth and his friend Doran. And two of the dwarves are exchanging quiet words with each other. It seems like arguing. Look, we just want our stuff and we want to leave. I'm sure you know it's the winter solstice. It's a holy day for everyone. A right to Kelimvor resulted in a bad omen this morning. Please just let us finish this work. It'll take us mere moments. One of the dwarves is like four strangers on the mountain with a mysterious package looking to destroy it. I have to admit, the life of an adventurer has led us to some bizarre places I never expected to find us in. We'll have to inform the monarchy of this. And your name, sir? Jack Page of the Nightstone Four. It will be noted. Thank you. Oh, thank Moradin. And your name, Tabaxi. Red-handed Robin. And this is my friend Kraloth. We don't want any trouble. Is there a dwarf behind you there? And Red sort of steps aside. And what is your name right? The name's Iron Fist. Is that so? He nods. Well, the Nightstone Four, I suggest you get to burning your parcel and getting the hell off our mountain. Gingerly, Kraloth kneels down, reaches forward, picks up the parcel, and it's come loose a little bit, and he he tightens it again, making sure that nothing can fall out, and he tucks it under his arm and backs up next to Jack and says... We thank you for your understanding on this day, and uh, may Kalimvor keep you on the light side of the balance. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, good evening, gents. Enjoy your celebration. And Red sort of says, backing up. His bow's still down, the arrow loose now, but still nervous to protect his friend. And as you turn to head back to your meeting place with the airship, you hear the raised voice of one of the dwarves. I'll see you soon, Doran. The airship hoves into view at your smoke signals, derived from burning this package. The four of you gathered around its heat <sighs> and light and arid smoke. And the ladders drop beside you. Well, I feel one heck of a lot better. Hey, look! We got a bit of a blue spot in the sky. The clouds are starting to clear up. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it seems real nice, Kraloth. 
everything's gonna be all right thank you guys for uh, indulging me on this little side trip uh oh oh i thought cullen was gonna have my ass and he slips his ring back on his finger and uh with a chuckle he shakes his head and begins to climb the ladder again well in the longest night of the year maybe we will see our lucky stars and jack starts climbing back up i think red one hand on the ladder hangs back with doran and shares a knowing look you only gave them half the truth doran hey listen they only needed to know half the truth and as the airship ascends into the morning sky we see something strange flapping on the limb of a tree Kraloth's dirty apron <laughs> Thank you once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Merlin, Mitchell Cadwell, Ashley and JB, Michael and Brianna Weber, Colin Burkhart, Daniel, Doug, Jessica Orrit, Jonah Goldman, and Mari Kaniski. See you soon! Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.